0: in this podcast we continue our interview with dr hirsch and discuss the importance of changing teacher education in america and so the final question i wanted to ask you is actually um one that I hear from, from leader, school leaders, uh, but also selfishly as a mother of someone who is going into the education field is about you. And you spoke about this in your last book, and I'm a big fan of your, of your last book is this lack of meaningful teacher preparation. And I hear this from, from school leaders. They once, They have new teachers in their building, especially fresh out of college. They are having difficulty getting them on board with this idea of core knowledge. Yeah. So I
1: understand. What's
0: what's going on there? What have you seen in your research?
1: well, Well, one of my recent pieces of research was to look at the fine print. Of uh, the national report, a nation at risk. I can't remember the date precisely. It was in the '80s, was it? Uh, the, the, uh, a nation at risk was published, and it said, "If uh, if a foreign nation had done this to uh, us, we would consider it an act of war." And uh, <laughs> we have done it to ourselves. And one of the things that if you look at the fine print, they did a lot of investigations of, of uh, teacher preparation in in that. And they bemoaned the fact that a great deal of work and effort was and in, in teacher preparation was put into what they called educational uh, doctrine and not solid factual education into history and science and the rest. And they thought that really should change, but I don't think it has. And my reason for uh, thinking that's still a huge problem in, in teacher preparation for elementary school it's, uh, it is the continued use of these thick developmental school books as the basis for teacher, what's special about teacher education? And I actually purchased one of these expensive books in the Kindle uh, version, and uh, so I could, you know, do sort of various kinds of analyses of what what it was saying. And and I I found that these, first of all, why are we asking? teachers to master these huge volumes about the human cognitive growth over the lifespan. That's that's what these big, thick developmental books are doing. And it's because of the blueprint idea. That we are born with a certain developmental blueprint, and what the teacher is doing is the teacher is a guide on the side, not a sage on the stage. That I don't know whether that motto is still a dominant motto in teacher education. You can tell me: is it uh, is it still a, a dominant? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think very much so um, that the idea of a teacher. That it seems odd that a teacher would go up and lecture all the time is is, I think the idea is is that that's all that that's all you're doing um, in 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 a core (laughs) knowledge classroom and that you're never allowing the students to pursue their own passions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yes. And
1: uh, and if they're pursuing their own passions, it actually there is so you have to study. So how do kids pursue their own passions? And you read these big developmental uh, textbooks, but they're not very useful in actually teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic. Uh, they're useful in learning about how to achieve self-esteem. Uh, that's one. I uh, one of the things I I discovered in this uh, big thick uh, developmental uh, volume uh, was that self-esteem. Let's see, self-esteem was mentioned 97 times in the book, and altruism was mentioned 50 times which I thought was a pretty interesting, just purely uh, arithmetical uh, characteristic of the book. So that the developmental idea, uh, because of the correlations of self-esteem with achievement. And, but the core knowledge kids have plenty of self-esteem, it seems to me that they're, <laughs> they're very proud of what they they've learned. Uh, Anyway, uh, I, I think that the whole developmental notion has to, if we can persuade, I mean, think of it, it's a complete upside down reversal of what our education professors are proposing. They, are, they themselves have been trained in, in these de- big developmental volumes and but if there is no blueprint, if if there is a pattern in human development, it is so abstract uh, that it's not a guide at all because basically human education is education into a tribe. And, and so you have to learn the tribal lore so that Little German kids are not learning the same thing as little American kids because they belong to two different tribes. And you have to learn the tribal lore. And I think that that's called, that issue came up. I did an interview a year or so ago. And the very well meaning uh, dean that I was talking to in uh, being interviewed by was uh, didn't like the idea of a national orientation. That's nationalism. Nationalism is bad, and we all understand that the that the better point of view is globalism. And I thought to myself, that's a pretty important uh, topic to deal with, because you only achieve globalism through cooperative nations and. Uh, there is no army or global army and global navy and global policy and global laws. The, the, the laws and policies are all national. So it you want to have a good nation. Uh, that, that, uh, because uh, actually the modern nation, and, and uh, I cite this marvelous historian, uh, Carl Deutsch, um, who, who wrote a book called Nationalism and Social Communication. Well, you see, that that pretty well fits into the <laughs> you say this should be the Bible, of course, <laughs> nationalism and social communication. Because you need actually, you need nationalism to achieve social communication. You need social communication in order to achieve a nation. And uh, as so, how I, I, maybe maybe we should uh, have a little. Too bad you can't interview his long. He's long dead now, but uh, uh, but that's a mar, a marvelous book, marvelous insight. And he was uh, a, a big participant in the creation of globalism. He, he was big in the creation of United Nations right after uh, the Second World War. So I. Uh, I think we need to reschool some of our deans and, and professors of education because uh, they 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 need to get a bit more sophisticated about history and what's going on and and what a global orientation actually means. If you want to carry it out effectively, it's through the agency of nations. Uh, it's not through some vague notion I mean for take for example the issue of global warming that that's only going to be achieved through international cooperation not not some vague globalistic and so so it's a kind of mindless uh, it doesn't it's not getting into details a lot of these uh, convictions so Uh, I think a good example, I wonder if if of this whole issue is the history of what has happened in the teaching of decoding, of of decoding the language. So now core knowledge, (laughs) which is just following the science, is now rated as one of the top decoding uh, programs in the country and is getting approval and so on. And the Teachers College Columbia child-centered orientation has had to retreat. I mean, has to say, okay, okay, (laughs) with the real issue. If only that same change into what is really going on in elementary schooling is understood as tribal initiation, as it were, uh, or national uh, initiation, which is historically what elementary schooling is about, and not this sort of vague following the. It's interesting. On the one hand, we're supposed to follow the individual child's. Blueprint. On the other hand, we're also supposed to be having a vague global orientation. So that's—it's uh, intellectually, it's a mess. I, I would say the, the the educational doctrines of our schools are need need a revolution.